you're listening to the Quality Coach Podcast, I'm your host, Jasmine Braxton. If you're a personal trainer who is trying to grow as a fitness professional, but feel unprepared to do so, listen in each week as myself and associates in the fitness space share practical tools and advice to help you become a quality coach. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Quality Coach Podcast. I am your host, Jasmine Braxton, and today... Today, I want to let you in behind the curtain of the type of trainings that go down inside of my new membership community for personal trainers, Coach Unlocked. Today, what I'm here, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you a training that I released not too long ago, specifically around the topic of behavior change. Um, We all know, or you may have not yet experienced this, but getting a client to understand and then adopt the things that you're teaching them isn't always straightforward or walk in the park. And it's because everyone has a different set of motivators that help them to do what they're wanting to do, that help them change. And we all receive information in different ways. And some things that are relatable for one individual may not be relatable for another. Therefore, how you present information truly matters. So in this training, you will learn three principles that I share to help influence, the keyword here is influence, your clients to change their behaviors. All right, so before I start talking and give you the whole training all over again right here, take a listen to this members-only training on behavior change for Coach Unlocked members. What's up, ladies? Welcome in. Welcome in to a training by yours truly here inside of Coach Unlocked. I hope your day is going well. I hope your skin is nice and clear. Your eyebrows are all snatched and we are happy souls today. Okay. If you can't be happy, at least be peaceful. That's all we're hoping for. Okay, so today we are talking soft skills, specifically leveraging your power of influence with your clientele. We're going to talk specifically on the topic, how to influence your clients to change their behaviors. Okay, likely it's not something you were taught while you were getting certified. That's something that I guess is out of their, uh, their, um, their effort level to give to us, but it's an essential skill. I want you to start getting familiar with coaching and communicating in a way that motivates your clients into an action, whether that's thinking differently or acting differently or a combination of the two. Okay, so today I want to give you the agenda that we are going to specifically cover three strategies to help you influence your client's behavior. And the reason this is so important is because people aren't robots. Like you get that, right? There is a very low likelihood that you will go through all of your career and not come across clients that when you try to teach them something, you run into friction or resistance as they're trying to make the changes to be in compliance with what they know is going to help them long-term, but maybe they can't see it right now, okay? So um, also, sometimes when we present information, it just don't hit the same in the same spots in our life, if that makes sense. So take, for instance, a book you would read over and over again, like some like a Bible or a self-help book or anything that you can read every, you know, you'll read it 
two years from now, four years from now, 10 years from now, every time you read it, you'll glean different understandings of how to apply the info or something will, you know, you'll have an epiphany about things in a different way because of just maturity and experience. It exposes you to think and live differently. You don't stay the same from 25 to 65, you know? I would hope, I would hope we would change. I would hope we would get better before we get to that point where we like are like this because, you know, older people think they, they know everything. Um, I have a few old people in my life. Love them dearly. But Lord, they're stubborn. Stubborn as a mule. <laughs> oh my goodness. But anyway, first, before we get into those, those strategies to help your clients, you know, change how they act and change their, how they behave that falls into alignment with how they want to live. I have a couple of facts about behavior change that I want to share with you because they uh, it's a little bit of some myth busting we have to do because um, quite often we believe these two things to be true when in actuality they have weak energy, like they're just not helpful in the long term. First, the first fact that I want to share or to dispel, to bust the myth about is information and information alone being enough to make somebody change what they're doing. Fact number one is that information alone doesn't matter. So let me help you phrase this thought or this point for a second. Think about a client that you have that you're talking to that's really stressed out. And so you want to, and, but you know, one of the things that they don't do enough of is sleep. So you say to them, well, you know, getting more sleep will help you feel better. And they'll agree with you. Yeah, you're right. I should, I should really work on that. You know, working on four and five hours is not the business, but do they change? Some, sometimes they might start. Sometimes they'll do it for a little while. The information that, Hey, I need to sleep more went through one ear and out the other nine times out of 10 for most of people who struggle with it, right? Because it just doesn't matter that much when you say something, especially something they've heard a hundred times over. So it brings me to the point that how you present information is truly what matters. Write that down. Remember, we're geniuses. We take notes around here. How you present information is really what matters. One of the big things that makes a difference is information that's personal and that's tangible. So if you went to that same person who was struggling with sleep and is super stressed out and told them, you know, it would really help if you blocked off a minimum of seven hours of sleep, because that's going to allow your body to regulate hormones, reduce your anxiety so you feel happier, recover from that stressful day at work, and it'll help you grow great muscles after these workouts we're doing. Do you think they would change how they approach sleep now? Maybe because you've personalized it, you've made it tangible, you've told them, if I get X amount of sleep on a consistent basis, these things become my benefits. You, a lot of people have never been presented to it, had the, the fact of sleep presented to them like that. You can apply that to so many different things, but sometimes you have to deliver the information a certain way, specifically tangible and personal for them to be able to make the changes. How you deliver information honestly triples its effectiveness. Asterisk that. How you deliver the info triples how effective it is. 
And we don't want to be just talking hot air at our clients, right? We don't want us to be putting energy into them, but it's energy that isn't going to do anything that helps them move forward because it washes out to looking like you're not a good coach and they'll never make progress. And neither one of you deserve to have those two realities. So keep how you talk to your clients in mind because it's helpful. Okay. The second myth I want to bust is that warnings and threats, they're not that effective. Well, why? You know, like you see the caution sign, don't speed, don't go over 50 miles per hour in the zone, um, things like that, right? Why are threats and warnings not that effective? Two primary reasons. One, people can rationalize their fears and become resilient towards them. Think about people who uh, bungee jump or jump out of airplanes or do other daredevil stuff. They can, the, the first few times they did those things, they probably were like, oh my God, no. But then over time, they found a way to rationalize in their head. Oh, I won't die if I do these safety precautions before I do the activity. They become more resilient towards that thing. So that's one thing. That's one reason why threats and warnings don't work long-term. The other is people just stick their head in the sand and avoid things altogether until the flames get to rolling, the crap hits the fan, and everything is a mess. Okay, those are the two teams, the two camps that people fall into when it comes to warnings and threats. So if you were to apply this to a client who's come to you and they have unhealthy habits that range from their lifestyle to their eating behaviors, to their exercise, to their stress levels, they're just an unhealthy being, right? Warning them and threatening them about how their lack of health is not going to help them as they get older, it falls on deaf ears with them. You know, they know that you're beating a dead horse. Fear mongering them further honestly only produces more inaction because, you know, there's a plethora of reasons why they feel like I can't move forward, whether I've tried so many times in the past and I failed or the people in my life just going to just deter my efforts and put me down, or they may be having a um, dealing with their own mental health that makes them feel like, what's the point? There is a number of reasons, right? They're too busy. They have kids at home. They are older. They're too young. There's always going to be something. Okay. It is what science shows that warning has a little, has little effect on behavior because, well, not because its effect is limited because people can rationalize fears they can adapt or they just pretend like it's not there, okay? But the cool fact about this is that people in general also tend to change what they believe towards something that's a more desirable option and that's like in every single age group. So to give you an example of that, um, uh, let's see, people change their beliefs. Let me think of a good example. I had one before I started talking and par usual, the thought train just 
left the station and left me behind. Uh, We'll skip that point for now. I'll circle back if it comes back to me. Um, But now that we've had these two facts kind of laid down about or these two myths busted about information alone doesn't matter and warnings and threats by themselves aren't effective, I want to start getting into the meat of this behavior change, the three principles that will drive your client's behavior and drive the way they think. Okay. Let me disclaim this with two things. Number one, I am not a behavior science specialist. I'm just going to go put that out there. I love the sociology. I mean, the psychology of people and how we think and what makes us act and not act and what motivates us and all that stuff. That is so interesting to me, but that does not make me an expert. Okay. And the second point I want to make is everything I'm telling you, I found in research. I've listened to neuroscientists speak about this stuff. I've used it as a coach myself over the years, over the last 11 plus years of coaching. And so therefore I'm speaking from a place of experience, but also have done my homework. Okay. Those three things are that will help to change people's behaviors and the way they think are social incentives, social incentives, immediate rewards, and progress monitoring. Let's break those down. The first thing is social incentive. Guys, we are motivated by the thoughts and actions of other people. Period. Heart stop. Other people and what they're doing motivates us. So when we highlight what other people are doing, it's a really strong incentive for someone to do it too. It is the reason why social media can be a gift and a curse. (laughs) It's why we scroll for hours and be like, where'd the time go? Like I was just here a few minutes ago and now an hour has passed. Like seeing what other people do, watching them is a very big thing you can leverage. So take, for example, you work at a gym and they're trying to get their their members to drink more water, right? If they have a sign at the front desk that says, drink more water, it's giving weak influencer vibes. You know, it's giving weak influencer energy. It's not, a few people are like, yeah, again, I've seen this on a million times. No big deal. I try to drink my water, you know, I'll get to it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I drank some water, yeah. But if the same gym took that sign down and put a sign that said nine out of 10 members in this gym drink a half gallon of water a day. Well, he was like, oh, everybody in this gym, that many people in this gym are drinking water. Maybe I need to get on the water tip. You know, maybe my skin will stop being like a cactus. You know, maybe... Maybe I'll feel a little better. Maybe these headaches will go away because I'm dehydrated. It starts to, that social incentive starts to change the way they approach stuff, the way they think about things. They might start making more effort. Y'all, that is so important because when you have new clients whom maybe they've never worked out in a gym setting before, or maybe they've never worked out with a professional before, Sometimes they feel literally like they're out in open waters and they don't know how to swim anymore. Right. And so you giving them a lifeline about uh, and when you're saying things like this is 
something that's helpful. Look at all these other people doing it. Look at how it's beneficial to them. It makes them feel like, oh, I'm a part of the pack. Oh, if I do that, I am, I'm a part of something that is meaningful. That's going to take me from here to here. Yes, let's do that. So keep that in mind. Social incentive is powerful. The second thing is the immediate reward. Reward their good behavior. Heck, reward your own good behavior. I do it all the time. I love rewarding me. <laughs> we value rewards we can have now and have that we can have immediately more than we value the ones that we can have in the future. You can always talk futuristically about their clients. Like you can address it. This is going to make you stronger in the future. This is going to make you healthier. This is going to help you live longer. This is going to make you feel better. This is going to make you sleep better. This is going to help you uh, feel sexier. Whatever your client wants in the future as an end goal. Yeah, we can talk about that, but don't forget to help them right now because when you help them or if you help to reward them, immediately, they start to realize that they have some control over things. So something as simple as a smiley face sticker can be a reward. Like, honestly, I live for those stickers and tests on homework when I was a kid, you know, like college did me in because professors were not validating me with my stickers. Okay. (laughs) So don't overthink the reward system for your clients. It could be the fist bump when they come in and say, hey, you showed up today. This is great. Like if they showed up and they're going to go work out, but it's not one of your session times. That's a wonderful spot to stick it in. Specific, like giving them a text message at the end of every week, kind of just like encouraging them or talking about their wins. Those things matter because if you think they don't matter, stop doing them and start to pay attention to how your client acts. You stop giving them a reason to show up. If they don't think they're going to get rewarded, they they're, th- that behavior that's with the reward, if it's not a habit yet, it leaves. Okay? What I just reminded myself of a point. Social These three points that I'm talking about, social incentive, immediate reward, and then in a moment, um, progress monitoring. These are things that are really useful and they help for like a solid five, six months. And by the time you are like too busy or you're too far in a relationship or whatever to continue to do these little minute things all the time with these new clients, it will have been a habit at this point. It doesn't take long for people to form habits. And then once they have a habit stacked into their life, it starts to grow roots and it starts just to become a part of something that they do becomes a part of who they are and it stays and you don't have to work so hard. It doesn't necessarily take six months, but know that these things are effective for at least that long. All right. Okay. Point three, progress monitoring. This is the essence of what you do as a coach because you're pointing out the high notes, y'all. People are motivated by seeing progress. We all are. Please, please tell me a time where you were motivated by seeing your own progress. Even if you don't jump for joy, something in you goes, I did that. I'm doing that. That's a good thing. We have to lean into that. People are acutely aware of their shortcomings. (laughs) Think about it. So it is our job to highlight the top notes. 
It is our job to pull out where they are doing well. So this is why one of the things that you will learn here in this camp inside of Coach Unlocked are the monthly progress reviews. This is a, a client care portion or coaching delivery um, component or piece of piece of we're going to call it component because the, the other word is not coming to me. This really helps them to see how well they are doing. OK, an idea that you can start utilizing right now is kind of like printing out a a progress review that kind of compares them to other clients like where they are like if you're if, if, where they are in the stream of things like you are in the 90th percentile of my clientele and maybe where you compare them to your best client which is a little bit of a social incentive like you know Amber over there is getting a 10 out of 10 according to this progress report I'm almost there ooh let me let me compete let me get up here and compete with Amber okay you could also put on this progress report like a smiley face sticker. I love those because that is an immediate reward. If you sit down every month to do this progress report with them and talking about all the good things that they're doing and how they're winning and what is working for them, when they see that smiley face, I'm like, yeah, got this. We're moving along in the right direction. It helps them see that I'm in here doing something and it's not all for nothing, right? And then the last piece, which I love, is the graph. And you can, you can use metrics, excuse me, y'all, something out of my nose, something's not right here. Um, you can use six, any success message, metric you want. If this is a person who is still working on their uh, foundational movement, they haven't really started messing with the weights yet, you can measure their consistency, how often they're coming in, how often they're, you know, tracking um, their steps, you know, if it's someone who is a couch potato, we're trying to help them just start moving around more like some neat, some none exercise activity. Right. You can track just about anything and put in a graph for them so that they can see that they are getting better in some capacity. Because, again, progress monitoring helps a person stay the route. If a person is trying to do better, where like they are trying to increase how much they lift in one of the primary movements, whether it be deadlifting or squatting or bench press or getting the first pull ups, right? You can put a metric to that and measure it because what gets measured gets managed. And if you are helping them to see that, hey, we are measuring the fact that you are showing up in some way and I put it on a piece of paper for you and I show you, that is a huge motivator to help a client to stay the course because some this stuff is hard for them. Like, have you ever been new to something? Most recently, the newest exercise movement, like thing that I've been new at um, is like Olympic weightlifting. I've only been doing it formally for a few years, you know, and recently, not even that consistently, but I've only been doing it for a few years. And even though I know how to move well, it is hard trying to think about all the little technical details of a snatch, of, of going from a pretty much like a squatted position with a loaded bar to being overhit in a squatted position 
with the transition of standing up and triple extension, that's a lot for the brain to keep together. And remember, okay, don't buck your hips. Don't jump forward. uh, Stay in a straight line. Shrug hard. Punch drive. Like all those things are hard to remember. And I know this stuff. So imagine someone who is not as experienced with movement and we are throwing things at them. It is just a lot to take in. Keep that in mind with your your novice clients. It's a lot to take in so you don't have to complicate things. And it's really helpful if you pick out just a few key metrics to pay attention to and show that to them. That will be so influential to how they move forward with their own behaviors and with their own thinking. Okay. So our takeaways, I have three basically recapping what I just spoke about. Number one, fear induces inaction. The thrill of gain induces action. These are two different points on a spectrum. Help them gain and think about how they can do more or do better versus fear mongering, because that will just make them be less action, less action oriented. Point two or takeaway two, give people a sense of control because it is a huge motivator. Point three, highlight your client's progress and not their shortcomings. Y'all, they are acutely aware of where they are not winning. You do not have to beat that horse for them. Okay. I hope you've enjoyed this training. Hop on over to Coach Unlocked inside of our community um, and let me know your takeaways from this. Let's start talking about it because it's such a huge thing. It's such an important topic, the soft skill of being able to influence behavior change. Because if you cannot do that, the rest of your work is almost pointless. It does not matter how great of a program designer you are. It does not how great of a teacher you are. It does not matter how great of a teacher you are if your clients are not able to take what you give them and apply it. You have to help them. I hope you've enjoyed listening into this exclusive training for Coached Unlocked members. And you know what? I would love to have you inside of our community as a member yourself. So please hit the link below so that you can read up on all of the things Coach Unlocked and join us. Until next time, please be sure to rate in review. And if you haven't done it already, definitely subscribe. I'll catch you in the next one. Bye y'all.